Hello and welcome back to Bow My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he and they. Today we're going to talk about some current events, International Pronouns Day, and a fun time coming up here soon in Seattle. So stay tuned for that. Let's start with some good things and tackle some tough stuff. And then we'll go on to the fun of our Seattle trans meetup. So Dr. Rachel Levine, if you haven't heard, who is a former health official in Pennsylvania and is now the assistant secretary for health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, was sworn in on Tuesday as the highest ranking official of the U.S. Public Health Service Commission's Corps being a four-star admiral, who is also the first openly LGBTQIA plus admiral in our military or in our armed services. And she's also the first ever transgender federal official to be confirmed by Senate when she took her position um, as assistant secretary of health for HHS. So altogether a trailblazer, a really cool person. She specializes in public health, obviously, as you can see where she's working, which is something I went to school for. So it's really cool, something that's really important and cool historic moment to note. So today, Wednesday, October 20th is International Pronouns Day. This is a day marked at the third Wednesday of every October annually to make respecting, sharing, and educating about personal pronouns commonplace. This isn't something I need to remind you all about, as you already know how I feel on this topic. But allies, if you haven't already added your pronouns to your Instagram bio, your social media bio in general, your email signature, what are you waiting for? Do you need me to list off more reasons? Do you want to have a conversation? It's something that's a really easy way to make a big difference with very little effort on your part. So definitely check into that. You can go to pronounsday.org, P-R-O-N-O-U-N-S-D-A-Y.org to find out more information about pronouns, International Pronouns Day, and ways you can participate and things you can do as an ally or as someone who's in the LGBTQIA plus community. Moving on to some not-so-stellar news. We are mourning this week Royal Poetical Stars, a 26-year-old Black transgender woman who was murdered in Miami Gardens, Florida. She was the 40th transgender, you heard that right, 4-0, 40th transgender individual to be killed in the U.S. so far in 2021. A GoFundMe campaign has been set up to support her funeral, and the link for that will be in the information section of this episode. An obituary included on the GoFundMe page read, She left a lasting impression on everyone that she met. Her infectious smile and bigger-than-life personality brightened every room that she walked into. Her personality was so magnetizing that it was not uncommon for her to get flattering comments from random strangers. She was an ambitious and talented singer that produced many beautiful recordings. She's described by many as a person that would go out of her way to help others when they needed it the most. She enriched many lives and will be deeply missed. Fortunately, we will never be able to hear her sing again or become the star that she was destined to be. So last year in the U.S., we as a country totaled 44 known violent deaths of transgender and gender nonconforming individuals, 44 in the entire year, and it's October, and we're already at 40 this year. It's just terrible. It's sad and devastating. And last year, that total internationally, worldwide, was above 350 deaths. And these are violent deaths. These aren't self-inflicted. These aren't, these are murders, beatings, brutal instances of hate crimes. 
And currently the U.S. is still totaling around 10,000 hate crimes per year involving guns alone. So that's more than 28 instances of gun-related hate crime violence per day. While I was following up to get some links about this uh, tragedy involving Royal Stars, I found that there was a murder in Seattle in August on August 31st of this past year that just today, October 20th, was discovered to be another trans and gender nonconforming individual. The family of the victim actually ended up sharing her identity and what was going on. So I wanted to bring that back to light for you all since it was brushed over in August. So the 41st known death of a transgender individual in the United States this year was when 20-year-old Latina transgender woman Zoella Zoe Rose Martinez was kidnapped, shot, and killed in Seattle late August. Her body was later found in the Greenwood neighborhood. And a part of her obituary reads, Zoe loved hanging out with friends and spending time with her dogs. Zoe mastered makeup that accentuated her loving and caring personality. Zoe was the caretaker of her mother after her mother survived COVID but was in recovery. Zoe loved helping out around the family farm. Zoe had a beautiful spirit. She always had a smile and had only kind words to say about others. Zoe was a born leader and her peers acknowledged her as such. Her character was that, that she could be, that she would debate endlessly for what she thought was right. She was very witty. And this death is super close to home for me, not only because it's here in my city, but Greenwood is the neighborhood that I lived in until just a few months ago. And it just really drives home that this can happen to anyone in any city. And of course, it's disproportionately happening to those that are black and brown and indigenous. However, this is also occurring in every city all over the world. It's just, it's sad. And these are the only the reported instances. And I know we've talked before about how these numbers are underreported because people are misgendered. People are just not safe in the environment they're in. They're not able to share their gender identity. And there's just so much and it's sad. It's really sad. And until we have accountability and increased legislation protecting these critical rights of transgender and gender nonconforming people, we will continue to have these updates and discussions, which is disheartening and sad. And, you know, it just, it's just something that I wish wasn't the way it was. But uh, this brings me to talk about the whole Dave Chappelle special on Netflix and Netflix's handling of it. And to be honest, I haven't watched the special. I haven't read the specifics of what he said or did because it doesn't matter. Transphobic remarks are transphobic remarks. People's rights and livelihood are not a joke. And I don't care to give the attention to it. And what I do want to call attention to is the way that Netflix handled the situation. For those that don't know, I guess, not I guess. For those that don't know, there was a Dave Chappelle special released on Netflix recently where he made some transphobic comments and remarks passing them as jokes and the CEOs of Netflix originally backed this and said it was just a joke. And Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos made comments about not taking the special down because of its popularity and the company believed, and this is a quote from where he was cited in the wall street journal. The company believed that content on screen doesn't directly relate to real world harm. And I hope he's learned about that. He has since then stated that he oversimplified his view in that statement and that 
his remarks on content not causing real world harm was lacking humanity and was also quoted saying, to be clear, storytelling has an impact on the real world, sometimes quite negative. So it sounds like he has kind of been backtracking a little bit. He said he didn't lead with humanity when he initially responded and that he should have realized that Netflix employees were coming from a place of hurt when they raised these concerns about the special. And so I'm very interested to see how this will go, what actions will be taken I guess time will tell. I would love to hear your comments, what you all think. So please let us know how you're feeling on Facebook, on Instagram, send us an email. Let's get the conversation going. With that being said, I'm excited to introduce a guest very shortly. We're going to talk. I had the opportunity to sit down last week with Seattle local Jerry Che about some local trans meetups here in the Seattle area. Jerry has organized a few events thus far, and the next one is coming up next Saturday, October 30th. And so I'd like to welcome Jerry. Yeah, so hi, I'm Jerry, um, Jerry Che, and um, I'm organizing, um, well, I I should say I'm the primary organizer for Transoween coming up. Um, what Transween is, it's really kind of a series that I kind of kicked off this summer. It's the third event. Um, so in July, we had, I call it a Seattle Trans Picnic. Then in um, August, we had Seattle Trans Beach Day. And there was just such a hugely positive reaction to those um, from trans folks. I mean, I got, people are so kind. People are saying that it, like it's their favorite place ever, like just amazing things. Like, <laughs> Um, and just how much they loved it and kept asking for when the next one is, when's next month, that sort of thing. And what's that? That's amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. The hard part about that is it's like a lot of effort to put these things on in a way I like to do it. I mean, it, so about, it's hard to tell exactly how many people showed up, but both the first two events, somewhere around 300 to 500 people. I'm pretty sure that's that's who showed up. Yeah, coming going through going throughout the day, I counted about 250 at one time at both events. Um, people were coming and going all day, so I'm guessing it was quite a bit more. And the food, I brought food, and I thought I had way too much both times, and both times went really fast. So, yeah, after the two in the summer, I thought I'd just take a break until next summer or until the weather was nicer outdoors because COVID's still going around. And I didn't want to, definitely didn't want anything indoors while COVID was still a, a thing. Hesitant about doing things outdoors as well, but I think, think we can make it safe. Um, and then, so people kept asking and I realized Halloween's coming up, which is, I feel is the transest holiday. <laughs> um, and it's not too late. So the weather shouldn't be too cold. Um, and it could be rainy, but hopefully not too rainy. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd do another one. This one's kind of an experiment. I guess all of them were, but it's at nighttime. Um, and it's not so food-based. It'll be more of a party atmosphere, um, rather than the others were kind of, and they're kind of a party atmosphere, but like you'd sit down on your blanket mostly and, and talk to folks, you know, or meet some other people and talk to them. Whereas this one, it'll be, the plan is I'm hoping for the vibe to be like 
more mixing. Um, there's a lot of different pretty cool areas in the in the place we have reserved. Um, there'll be music. There'll be a couple activities. Um, so I'm hoping it'll be a little better for socialization, I guess, meeting new people. And also, I don't know, fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind if I ask you, like, how, what gave you the idea to start these yeah. events? So in June, I think, I, I've seen this a couple times. I, I have like, connections to Portland. I go there before COVID. I would go there a few times a year. And I have friends down there. So I kind of pay attention to what's going on in Portland. And they have a huge trans community there. Like, um, I think, yeah, maybe the they seem like they have the most vibrant trans community sometimes, at least the most vibrant white trans community. They're <laughs> quite there. Yeah. Um, I, they're, they're definitely non-white people who are trans down there. But it's, um, yeah, especially there's a good amount of indigenous two-spirit and trans people down there. Um, but they have this thing, a trans picnic every year. And I've been vaguely aware of it until this year. I saw it was coming up in June and I asked a couple people in Portland about it. And they said, it's, it's really big. Some people look forward to it all year long. And I just thought, why the heck don't we have anything like that in Seattle? And um, so I posted a couple of things online about like, Hey, anyone want to help put this together? Like we can, we can, um, we can have one here. And my original thought was like, maybe there would be a small group of us and then we just all get together in a park and maybe, maybe, I don't know, 10 people or something like that. Yeah. But um, one, nobody, it's like people said they were interested in helping, but once I followed up on it, nobody really did. <laughs> there, and I shouldn't say nobody. There were a couple, there's one person. <laughs> <laughs> um, like who followed up, not so much with, Play, they help a little bit with planning, but mostly with the, like the physical setup and takedown and all of that. So that was disappointing. I got I got like twenty people who said they would help, and like once it gets down to actually doing things, um, I realized that unless people are really driven to do something, that they, they're willing to like do something if you tell them exactly what to do. <laughs> but um, it's hard to like have somebody if it's like my idea. It's hard to have like other people like kind of jump in and co-share that idea and co-lead it. So um I really understand that. <laughs> so yeah, that's essentially it. I just figured why not do it? Um it ended up getting way more interest than I thought and I got really anxious about it becoming too big for me to handle. So I like got a bunch of food, got a bunch of drinks, tried to like get some decorations and all that. And yeah, I think it went pretty well. People than I thought showed I originally thought like I told someone a few days before that like if a hundred people showed up it would be a huge success and then like over three hundred people. <laughs> so it was a lot of interest. Yeah, that's so cool. I haven't been able to go to the other two, but I'm really excited to come to this one. Would you mind reminding anyone who's listening to the podcast where and when they can come to Transylvania? Sure. It's um on Saturday, October thirtieth in Seattle. Um, that's the day before Halloween. It's on a so on a Saturday afternoon, evening, Transween proper will be 5 to 10 p.m. Um, and then we'll have a pre-Transween 3 to 5 p.m. That'll be more family friendly to do pumpkin carving. If people want to get ready, kind of a more chill environment during the day. And then, yeah, 5, we're going to have a, a brass band play for about 20 minutes. 
And then, um, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll just be Transoween, turn on some music, have candy everywhere. So I'm really, so the place I, I said in Seattle, but it's at Seward Park in Seattle, which is, it's my favorite park in Seattle, but it's um, in South ish Seattle on, on um, the lake. And it's the biggest, has the biggest old growth forest left in Seattle, which is kind of a little bar, but but it has cool trails. But kind of in the middle ish of it, there's um, there's an area that's paved that that I reserved, and it has like room for it has like thirty tables. Um, a few of them are covered by a wooden shelter. It's it's a really really cool space. It's a, I think as cool as an outdoor space. I'm really glad that it was open and available. But one thing about it is that it turns uh, like sunset is going to be at 6 p.m. that time. So, and it's kind of pitch black <laughs> that time after sunset. I went there like after sunset a couple times. And so I'm getting a, like the biggest challenge on setting up this one is going to be the lighting. Yeah. Um, I'm getting tons of lighting. So people should not go because it's going to be dark because it won't be dark. But I'm hoping the reason I bring that up is because I'm hoping to create a lot of like cool little spaces with different different kinds of light. So I think that'll be something that's uh, that'll kind of keep people interested and interact with each other and something to talk about. That kind of thing. Definitely, it's, I feel like it's going to be beautiful. All the lights and the trees and I hope so. It's like I've never done anything like this before. And I put out feelers for anyone who's like had experience with outdoor lighting. And like, I found a couple people who like have experienced like filming at night in the outdoors, but that's like completely different because you just want like bright, like a spotlight type of light, <laughs> atmospheric light. So I couldn't find anyone who like could have, has experience with this kind of thing. So just winging it, but I think it'll, I think it'll work. <laughs> Well, awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to share about Transween or these events? Or um, is there a way that's best for people to contact you if they are looking to help? Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, I have this account, Seattle Trans Joy, one word. That is kind of where I put information about these events. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to contact me is just messaging or even just commenting on any posts there. It'll also give information about the events as it, it comes up. If there's any, I try to put as much information about there as possible because it's really just for, I kind of put myself in other people's positions and I'm kind of, an, I'm an introvert, and I have social anxiety. So if there's a an event and I don't really know what to expect, I'm not going to go. But so I'm trying to like put pictures up, give like description of what it's going to be like. So people feel more comfortable to go. Yeah. Um, so that's the Seattle Trans Joy Instagram. There's also a Facebook event. Um, if you just Google Seattle Trans Ween Facebook or something like that, it should show up. And there's also a Facebook group for trans and non-binary and two-spirit and other non-cis people called Seattle Trans and Non-Binary Community. Uh, I think is if people use Facebook, I think it's really, I, I mean, I admit it, but it's, I think it's a really good, <laughs> I think as, I don't know, a thousand, over a thousand people now, I think. And it's pretty active. It's, I think it's pretty cool. It's um, just trans people, cis people aren't allowed in. I, I gatekeep them <laughs> to keep them joining. <laughs> so yeah, I, I po- I'm posting information there as well. So those three places on Facebook, you can see me, Jerry Che, and you can message me if you want. Awesome. Um, 
I, I did put together this little group on Signal called the Transween Crew. <laughs> That's just people who are volunteering to help out. So yeah, if anyone's interested, they can message me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Probably next June or July, if I still have the energy to do it, it would be the next one after this. Awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah. I look forward to continuing to talk to you on the app and on Instagram. And hopefully, well, not, not hopefully, I will definitely see you on the 30th. Awesome. Looking so, forward. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thanks again so much to Jerry for joining us. And I'm looking very much forward to Transoween. And for those of you that live in and around the Seattle area, hopefully we will see you on October 30th at SeaWorld Park from three to five. Again, is kind of the pre-Transoween, more of a family atmosphere. And from five to 10 will be more of a socialization party get together. And that's in SeaWorld Seaward Park here in Seattle, again on October 30th. If you have any more questions, you can find Jerry on Facebook or you can find them on Instagram at Seattle Trans Joy. And that will wrap up today's episode. So please remember to rate, subscribe, and follow along for more queer and trans content. You can find us on social media at Bow oh My God Pod. And you can find all of the sources and articles that we talked about in today's episode in the information section of the podcast. Please comment on any of our social media about what you want to hear about next, what you would like to talk about, and who you'd like to hear from on Bo My God. So again, I'm Bo Bradley. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.